Hi, I'm Spicy Dicey. And I'm Chantal Renee. And, and we, we love, love sex and horror. These are topics we love to write about as published authors. I love all things spicy and dicey. And I'm a big fan of sex and the sinister. Thanks for joining us for some dark, twisted, sexy, uncensored fun as we discuss sex, sex and, and horror. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I had the app open, but it, it didn't it doesn't give you a notification in the app. It's just a notification at the top of the phone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what was confusing me. This technology, man, it's too high tech for me. It's just a guy <laughs> in an IT field, no less. <laughs> well, we're happy that it's it's working tonight because we had some issues last week when we had a, a witch on, and I think maybe the frequencies was just being you know disturbed. It was just being interrupted, and we just couldn't get it together. I'm gonna blame magic. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. If anything seems like a, a reasonable cause for technology not working lately, it seems to be. Yeah, it seems to be that. Yeah, it, it was absolutely a fluke. It made no sense. But so we're happy to have you on. Anybody listening, joining us, we have Michael Cage, who is a real vampire. Hey, everybody, Michael Cage here. I'm also the uh, um, yeah, elected and recognized king of the uh, vampires of Houston in the Houston Vampire Court. That's correct. Very nice. Very nice. And you all had an event the other night. I didn't make it to it, but Chantel, you went, right? I was there. Yeah. No, it was awesome. And uh, she got to talk to me about the podcast. I was like, that sounds like something I'd be interested in. We had a, uh, a meetup that was um, it was actually being recorded by a documentary film crew that was uh, doing a, a documentary on real vampires in the life of. And, and they wanted to. And we gave them permission to come and attend one of our meetups. Oh, lovely. No, mm -hmm. I think the crew spent most of the day with you, correct? Yeah. Yeah, they followed Alicia and I along in a, in a regular day of and, and asked a lot of cool questions. And they were incredibly respectful. Uh, anytime you go into something like that, there's always a concern that um, it's going to turn tabloidy or trashy or mm -hmm. you know, something like that. But no, they, it, it, or they may ask you something, then edit it to make it a certain way. Not once right. did they ask us anything other than just getting to know what kind of people we were and go for the tabloid or trashy angle. Good, um, yeah, good. It was a good experience, really good experience. Is Alicia your queen? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and is, is she your, your queen outside the court also? She is a queen to me and has been for almost 16 years now. That's okay. awesome, yeah. So were you both elected at the same time? Is that how that worked? So I was elected um, when we reformed the Houston Vampire Court um, and, and went forward with it. Uh, everybody, it was a project that I was going to call a council, and um, I, and I was moving forward with that, but everybody was calling me king, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, don't call me that. No, that's silly. I, I'm not, no, 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 no. And then, um, but everybody, everybody kept saying that. And uh, two friends of mine uh, had a sit down conversation with me and, uh, and put it to me, a come to Dracula moment, if you will. They put it to me <laughs> real well. They said, uh, look, um, this is a lot of people who are paying you a compliment. They're saying yeah. this is what they want. This is how they see you and what they want you to be. And if you're saying that their vote counts, well, you got outvoted, buddy, and you need to respect the compliment they're giving you. So <laughs> we made it. Well, it's like a tradition, right? Yeah, it, it is. It, there's a lot of organizations that run in the king and the queen uh, and the, using the royal titles. And I think at the time I thought that's not what pe uh, people wanted. And then I got stuck in my head that that's not what people wanted. Then I realized it was just me being stupid and everybody did want that. So we went for it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, the initial, at the initial formation, it was about 40 people and um, they, they voted me to, uh, that that's what they wanted me to be. And uh, Alicia, um, being my my significant other my oh so significant other um i put you know everyone's like well is she the queen i was like well um i'll ask her if she wants to be and i talked to her about it and explained to her kind of what goes on and um she because we'd only just gotten back together so a little backstory there she's my ex-wife we were together for for five years then we were apart for a number of years and then came back together about three years ago and um and have been back together ever since and um it's kind of one of those things when you find the great love of your life, you just, you, you're never going to, you know, maybe you need some growing up before mm -hmm. you can probably be with each other. But the, you know, those years in between helped us to grow. But, um, so I, you know, told her, Hey, here's what's going on with the court. And she'd kind of been looking at, into it anyways. 
And I put it to everybody. Hey, what do you guys think about her? Yes. Yes. She's the queen. That's fine. Let's go. Yes. Not even no question. I mean, everybody was unanimous on it. There was not a single dissenting vote on that. Um, Yeah, that is awesome. Because uh, and I want to say that I I uh, have been to some of the the previous court meetings or something when they have events in the past. And um, and I know there was a lot of different things that were going on. There's been a lot of issues over the years. And so you have come in and you're cleaning all that up. Right. Yeah, that's actually I jokingly say that uh, my job is less king and more Janet. The royal uh, sanitation engineer. Uh, Unfortunately, there were a lot of a lot of people that got upset about some things that occurred. Um, And and there are always going to be people be people upset. And it's not to devalue that upset by any means, but they were upset with a couple of the two previous organizations and then one that we don't talk about much, but there was one for a brief little span of time uh, with somebody who has since been nominated in the community in in Houston. And Mm -hmm. uh, fortunately we, we also refer to him as a noisy cricket Mm -hmm. noise and he, and he pooped everywhere. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm very happy to see that it's been restructured and under new leadership. And um, you know, you, I'm, I'm so glad that you all are having, you're having the vampire ball again, right? Yes, ma'am. This will be the um, the second annual Houston Vampire Ball. Uh, apparently, the, we brought it back after ten years, uh, and our first one God, was last been year. that long. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, so yeah. Um, because I I went to the one that was here at Numbers, um, and I want to say it was. Yeah, it it had to be ten years ago because my yeah. daughter's twelve. And yep. it was it was between her and when I had my son. Yeah. Oh my God, it's been ten years. Yep. That and, yeah. I mean, I guess. Well, a full vampire ball. I mean, there's but you can call an event a vampire ball <clears throat> and have it basically just be another club night with some fancy dress. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's an excuse to get a lot of people together and have a theme. Mm-hmm. But a a full, well structured. Uh, God, last year we had, I think. 15 or 18 uh, performers total over two nights at two different venues with all the, you know, pageantry and pomp and circumstances, uh, circumstance that goes along with that. Um, mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. And ha- hadn't happened in, in over 10 years. And uh, our first one was a smashing success. We were at uh, occupancy at the first venue, which was the uh, historic avant garden. Mm-hmm. And we, were, we had to limit attendance to that one intent, uh, intentionally because there's only so many people you can put in that environment. And then right. the numbers the next night, we had even more people. Uh, so we had people from around the country coming in. We had other uh, visiting royalty. We even had uh, the Queen of Dallas was one of our performers. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody was just excited about it. And I mean, we saw faces people hadn't seen in forever. And one of the overriding things that I heard the most about the night was I saw people I haven't seen in so long and it felt so good to see them again. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's it's like a big reunion. Yeah, exactly. Good excuse to good excuse to, because you know, when it's one night of something, you're like, okay, what do I go to? When it's two nights of something, you can go, okay, I can go to this part or this part or both parts. And you know, you have more opportunity to, because Hey, we all have day jobs. Sadly, unfortunately I cannot seem to win the lotto. I try here and there. <laughs> I don't know if it's a skill set I need to develop or, you know, maybe I need to work on my psychic powers and numbers a little better, but yeah, no, I, unfortunately I haven't won it yet. So we have day jobs and some work that Friday or work that Saturday or work. So God, I've seen some places do it in the middle of the week. I'm like, come on, really? uh, When is this, this year's? Yes. Uh, this year, it's May 15th and May 16th, and it's going to be at Avant Garden on the 15th, uh, Friday the 15th, and at Numbers on Friday the 16th again. Okay, so the same structure. Yes. We are, We and I don't want to say it too loud because she's sitting on the couch not that far from me, but we're talking about potentially doing something like a third night, and she's always like, yes, where jokingly, I've, we, I mentioned a convention one time. And she was like, and she immediately started p- trying to plan one out. I was like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> That's a whole lot of stuff that I, I, we're not prepared for. Let's see yeah. how the thing you know, goes. But yeah, we've talked about maybe doing a third night. 
something a little like very, very formal um, for VIV or, or royal patrons uh, specifically, like a, a dinner, a big sit down dinner or something like that at some place and renting a place out. It, it, there's an idea. There's an idea there. But two nights, I think, is enough because that gives everybody a chance to come on a Friday or get into town if they're out of towners or to, you know, make sure they have that, that Friday night off and, and be able to get to those nights and then have Sunday to recuperate because the after parties are legendary. Uh, the after party last year was legendary. Uh, and we're, yeah, it was, it was a little, a little crazy. Little incriminating photos out there floating around. I will hope, <laughs> hope not, but I will neither confirm nor deny that there may or may not have been some things that I definitely wouldn't want getting out. Okay. <laughs> now, can you can you um, explain what kind of vampire you are? Because I know there's different kinds, right? Yeah, there there are different kinds. Uh, I mean, there's when you think about it, there's around the world, every single culture in history before they ever interacted with other cultures, had legends of beings that were, you could describe as vampiric. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, or today, it's, we've, we've kind of got it narrowed down to about three feeding types, but each feeding type could be different types. You know, not all psychic feeders are the same type of psychic feeder. Not all tantric feeders are the same type. Not all blood feeders are the same type. Mm-hmm. I might from a saying, or it was what we call blood feeders, and I, I do consume blood as a method to uh, access the energy that the person is trying to share. But I need the blood to start that. Mm-hmm. And but uh, yeah, so I drink blood. Okay, and so that that's where it's also pretty beneficial to have a, a relationship, a sixteen-year relationship, a long-term relationship. <laughs> Well, so that's that not trust just with it. her, though. Well, that's not just with her. I mean, there are other donors that, uh, that are involved. And with the HVC, one of the things that we are big about is proper feeding and a uh, feeder and donor education and then mm-hmm. vetting the uh, potential donors and vetting potential uh, people who are other vampires who may want to, uh, who are looking for a, a consistent or regular donor. Uh, there's a vetting process that goes on with that, you know, because there are a lot well, of people. You know, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say. No. <laughs> I was trying to wait for you. Go ahead. Okay. The, um, there's a lot of people who come up. Hey, I, you know, I, I really want to help feed vampires. And, and you really want to take the time to go, okay, what do you think that means? Mm-hmm. What do you think it means to feed a vampire? Why do you want to? And oftentimes you'll find that it's somebody really is just looking for a place to belong. We have space mm-hmm. for that. Um, or they think that there's some kind of mystical, magical thing where they're going to get transformed into a vampire and be eternal, and you're like, oh, no, 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 dearie. <laughs> no, that's not what happens at all. Um, also, there's the level of understanding that you're, if somebody is actually feeding from you, whether whatever form they're feeding, it's, it can be draining. Uh, and there's proper care that you have to take leading up to it. And then there's also the health aspects. I mean, uh, wow. If we're talking, say, tantric or from blood, uh, there's a requirement that if we're going to facilitate uh, the connection between a, d- a potential donor and a, potential, and a vampire as a, 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 for a, a feeding relationship, they have to be up to date on tests. Uh, mm-hmm. They have right. to be very up to date on that. And if we find somebody is breaking those tenants, then they, they're removed. Uh, whichever one or both that is is refusing to follow those those rules, they're removed from from access to our our, our resources. It's mm-hmm. because they're not safe. They're a risk to other people. Uh, we, those rules are in place for a reason. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's what I was going to say. We've interviewed um, porn stars before. Actually, uh, some that Dicey have um, known for a while uh, through the social media networks and. That was one thing that we were surprised at how many tests, like, it's oh, not yeah. just, let's just check for this, this. I mean, what did you tell us? I see it was like 30 things or something. Oh, yeah. Just mm-hmm. a huge number. Well, yeah, because you look at it. Um, let's use one of the most I- innocuous things you can think of. HPV, human oh, yeah. papillomavirus. Most of the population, like, was it 50% of the population has it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So most people think of it as relatively innocuous. Most dudes that have it will never, as I understand it, will never su- suffer any side effects, mm-hmm. any, anything. But they can- um, that's not true if they are into anal sex. 
Okay. Yeah, that's different. So, but most, most guys typically won't in day-to-day life. It's not going to affect them. It will affect a woman before it'll affect a man. It's just the nature of the virus. That -hmm. being said, it can affect some people more than others. Mm -hmm. So that's a thing to consider. You know, it's, it's, again, it's a relatively innocuous uh, disease. There are some sexually transmitted diseases. They're very easy to cure. Thank, not not that I've ever had any, but thank God, something like syphilis, which used to kill people left and right. I mean, in the Middle Ages, there's there's corpses being found today that are syphilitic, mm. and, um, and so syphilis is something you can get cured with some not penicillin, but you can get cured with some basic medicines, and 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 it never affects you. You don't have it anymore. But then right. people, what if somebody can't take those medicines? Or what mm-hmm. if the system is more vulnerable to it or, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, all, no matter how little, oh, it's just a little case of the crabs. Those could be really dangerous to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so there's Especially things. Especially if they have like a weakened immune system or something. Mm-hmm. There are people with autoimmune deficiencies that, that, yeah, you can seriously impact. And it's a level of responsibility that you have to have because contrary to the movies you're not just running around biting people willy-nilly and uh and doing what you want and well thankfully also contrary to the movies and i want to go on record here this is 2020 and we're trying to cure this harmful stereotype we are not messy eaters we don't mind messy eaters if it's a certain part of the body you're talking about. right no that's different that's different okay hold on it's it good to get messy down there um if it's right if it's if it's messy but and then also i imagine this has to be consensual also yes and no we are we were so with energy feeding. So I'll give this as an example. There's most people think, well, you know, um, what are you really doing to somebody? No, you're, you're draining somebody, but there's, there's multiple ways to energy feed. There's direct one-on-one feeding and some people really need that. You know, that's how they get the most full. Mm-hmm. There's um, an, ex- a, a, an analogy I like to use that uh, it, feeding the right way for you. Like for me, blood is like having, lasagna and cheesecake and you know and, and all the bread i can eat and whatever you know, a big hearty meal or steak and potatoes and and you know it's a very full hearty stick to your ribs kind of meal mm-hmm. if i energy feed and we try to teach our sayings how to energy feed because the downside of saying feeding is you are cutting or putting a hole in somebody or in exchanging blood so there it's not practical to do as regularly as some people may want. And some people are more efficient in their management of the energy that they're taking in than others. So learning how to feed psychically is a thing, right? But right. you don't want to do, oh, look, there's somebody cute. I want to suck on their, their energy from, you know, without them knowing it. No, that's rape. That's, yeah. that's not consensual. Uh, however, there's the, uh, another form of feeding psychically which for me is kind of like having Twinkies and some Mountain Dew. Now I like Twi- Mountain Dew is fantastic, and I eat a Twinkie, you know, here and there because I'll forget they don't taste good. But <laughs> tw- that is so true. In my memory, they're always better than I think they are. Oh, I think they make them different. Anyway, yeah, different. exactly. <laughs> they, but so let's so so for me, for psychically feeding in between uh, opportunities with a donor is um, is just to give me something to tide me by. It'll put something in my stomach, and I'm not starving. But you, I can go to a public environment, like a nightclub, which is one of the great things about places like Numbers or places like I'm a Garden or Etro or, you know, all, all of these places uh, that it, there's a lot of energy just being dumped out into the air. Mm-hmm. And you just go in out there and soak it up like a sponge. So we, it's one of the things that we actually teach members is how to ambient feed on mm-hmm. psychic energy. Mm-hmm. So for a blood feeder, that's really a fit, uh, especially good for me and for a side feeder it's a way to keep topping off in between the opportunities they have to uh work with their donor or donors if their donors are tired because it may take a little bit to regenerate that energy some guy some people can regenerate very quickly and others maybe take a week or two to be back to full or overflowing even where they can give that so learning how to ambient feed is a big thing that doesn't necessarily require consent because that's like looking at all the, the pretty people out and right they're they're wanting to be noticed they're wanting to have that exchange yes but direct like directly drawing from uh, from somebody that's different Mm -hmm. Um, and then sexually obviously that's uh, you know that requires consent Um, consent culture is best culture Mm -hmm. (laughs) period 
Yeah. Uh, full story or in, uh, full stop in the story on that one. It's it's it is it, it, consent is required. If we discover that um, somebody is is not giving that consent or is taking advantage of people, mm-hmm. uh, then no, you're you're done. You're outed. You're you're banned, and you're you're pe- people are protected from you. And if right. it's if it's something you know, especially with something like blood feeding, or well, that's called assault with a deadly weapon. Right. Or it's sexualist, you know, sexually, that's called rape. Right. We help that victim if or go to the police and, and press charges because that's what needs to be done. Those right. people are dangerous and they need to be in jail and away from other people. Right. Well, I will say this, and I'm sorry, I know Dicey probably has a question, but just a comment real quick. I have noticed because we've met a few times mm-hmm. and I have noticed that you have a, quite a big presence, as I do. And I appreciate that your energy has never once cascaded over mine or tried to. And I really appreciate that because men don't get that. Women get that. I have an advantage. I have an advantage. And, and I'm going to give uh, thanks to my mom for this. So I was raised by a single mom mm-hmm. um, and her single mom friends my whole okay. life. So okay. I, my upbringing was hearing about the kind of things that guys would typically do. Uh, as far as, you know, as far as overshadowing the woman or the woman needs to, you know, that kind of stuff back in the day, which was the norm, I guess. I was raised in and with the understanding that, no, you don't do that. And I also had such a powerful woman as my role model that um, I never, thankfully, I guess, from my era, developed that um, uh, superiority, male superiority complex. Yeah, I never right. got that. Yeah. And I'm very thankful to my mom for the... Um, for being the person she that she is and for uh, giving me the the kind of upbringing that I got because it it helped me be the the person I am today. Mhm. Mhm. Uh I you you're right Chantel I have a lot of questions. Some the questions are because I know that our our listeners are going to be very curious. And so <laughs> I want to ask things that I know that they they are sitting back like oh my god I want to know I want to know. So how often do you feed and how do you go about it? Cause you, do you have the, the custom made fangs or do you, do you use a razor blade and you know what I mean? And like right. So, do you feed? so I, for, my frequency is never as much as I'd like. <laughs> Cause who doesn't want steak or uh, steak or lasagna or whatever your favorite meal is every day. Uh, my frequency is never as much as I'd like, but I, I'm very efficient with my energy. Um, Sadly, I've had to burn through a lot of it and I have still have to burn through a lot of it very quickly because I'm recovering from a uh, from being struck by a car. Oh, uh, wow. That's, that's right. Yeah. 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 So oh, you were every, with Armand? Were you with yeah. Armand? Oh, I was the guy I was the guy pushing him across the street. Oh, my God. OK. I saw him posting about that. Armand and I are uh, connected on Facebook. Yeah. No, I was the guy pushing him across the street and I tried to get him when we realized, holy crap, there's a car out, coming out of nowhere. I tried to push him as hard as I can to get him out of the way, but it, there was no time oh, wow. um, to get him all the rest of the rest of the way. And um, so, unfortunately, um, you know, got run over by a car. But I'm here to talk about it, and I can brag that uh, we totaled a car with our bodies. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> you can't get wow. rid of that stereotype, you know. And I did. While I did die, I came back from the dead. So. <laughs> Made vampire a little bit, and um, I recovered extremely quickly. But I was burning through tons of energy, and everybody's feeding me. You know that love and that support energy was helping a lot. And people who were coming to visit were actively feeding me. A kind of a, an analogy after that is, it's like hearing the roar of the crowd when you're uh, an athlete, and it yeah. drives you to push even harder. I could. It was like that. It was. It was so much energy was being dumped into me to recover quickly. And I was clear to return to work in 30 days with a broken back, a broken leg, a, an internally amputated left arm that was broken, dislocated, tendons and ligaments torn off the bone, <gasps> and bleeding, lacerated kidneys, lacerated organs, severe concussion, That's all good. of that. I was clear to return to a job where I'm on my feet all day. Yeah, oh, wow. 30 days. Yeah. The Hear doc- that, ladies and gentlemen? It pays the you know, the boys are in your red wings. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Why be afraid? Why be afraid? Here, eat vampire or not, a woman saying in her most in a moment that a woman is could potentially be at the most risk. Her ego could be at the most risk. She she's willing to you you give a girl you aren't you you go down on a girl on her period, 
and you're saying nothing about you is ever disgusting to me. And that's the biggest ego boost during a delicate time, potentially delicate time you could give somebody. Why not give it to them? What's the worst it's going to do? Oh, darn, you got to go wash your face off? <laughs> oh, I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I said no topics are off. See, what I've got to do is... So oh, I love I, it. I'm going to sound by... I'm going to sound that's a clip coming right, right here. Hell yeah. I um, see. I if, if nothing else, Dicey and I are grateful that you made it through that just so we could get this. Well, hey, I'm open to anything. What I've got to do is so uh, I have to be around um, environments where I, I have to watch what I say. But I haven't. My mom was active duty career Navy, and my dad technically was a Marine Corps. So my mouth is bad. My, 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 You're on the I, right podcast for that. And I have the potty humor is is uh, probably the nicest way I could put it. But, uh, <laughs> nice. uh, so yeah, no, yeah. Let's see. We went Red Wings for. Oh, so I don't get to feed as often as I want. I, and and I, I burnt through a lot of energy after all, after all of that. Doctors legit said, "What the fuck are you made out of, dude?" And that's a direct. Quote. He was like, I was like, hey, am I clear to, can I go back to work? You know, I'm walking, and they expected me to be in a wheelchair through mid-December, and 30 days from the accident, they're literally going, yeah, I, I mean, I mean I'm not just going to clear you to return to work, but checks me out, and he's like, I, I yeah, you actually, I'm, uh, what the fuck are you made out of, dude? Like, that was <laughs> exactly. So, um, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm burning through a lot more energy, because I'm, I mean, I'm still banged up. It was only four months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm still sore, um and uh, you know i like i'm not at 100 percent, but i'd say like i'm at 85 90 at this point and most people if they didn't see me if i sat down for too long and then got up they, the first few steps they'd see that i was still stiff and sore but the second i move i'm loose mm-hmm. uh, under normal circumstances i need to feed about once every couple of weeks okay okay um, if i'm if i'm having to utilize the energy a lot more than normal and or and i'm then i'll i'll crave feeding more frequently but about once every two weeks or so um and again for me like i don't wear the to the other part of of that question i don't wear uh any of the custom fangs i love them i like seeing people with them on but uh my whole gimmick is that i don't put it wear costumes Okay. okay. Being a vampire is who I am and what I am. Um, and when I put the fangs in, you know, wear the fake fangs, then it feels like I'm putting on a costume. Okay. Now, right. That's not to denigrate anybody else who wears them. I think it's amazing that they do, and I love the fact that they do. And and I, it's not to denigrate other vampires who do. It's just for me, it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of yeah. amazing fangsmiths too. So no, I support that fully, but it's not my thing. Also, you shouldn't bite somebody to draw blood. <laughs> that's a bad thing. Yeah, that would probably hurt the person. That would bruise them, I would imagine. You'd bruise them and do too much damage. So ideally, with and one of the things we teach is, uh, for me, I like to feed with um, small uh, small cuts using a, a razor. And I know how to make the cuts in such a way that I'm able to get enough of a blood flow that I, I get the blood and I'm able to make that connection, but it doesn't leave much, if any, visible scarring with proper aftercare. Mm, Some people will feed through uh, pipettes or they'll do a lancet through, you know, and draw blood. But knowing how to stick a a vein and do it properly, that's actually an innate talent for people. That is, people can learn to be good at getting a needle in your arm, but uh, those nurses that fish around, if you've ever been at the hospital, yeah. yeah. So those guys, those people are, it's because they don't have that innate talent. I discovered I did when I was a veterinary technician. I'm a good stick, but I'm not. I don't want to, I will educate somebody on how to do that, but we don't want to necessarily advise it exclusively because it's, it, it's one of those things where you can cause a lot of uh, uh, hematomas and, and uh, from subcutaneous bleeding. If mm-hmm. you're not hitting that vein properly, you also run the risk of hitting that vein too often. And what do you start getting when you hit a vein too much, the needle tracks, and then people start wondering. Right. Yeah. right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I prefer a little razor, uh, properly cleaning the area, you cleaning the mouth properly, cleaning the area properly, uh, making sure you're using clean and fresh and clean and sterile uh, razors every single time and um, then have proper aftercare. So that's for me, my method of feeding that works for me. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. You asked about fangs. Next thing. You got, there was three, three or four questions in that jumble. 
yeah, yeah, it was like it, it. I think you kind of answered it. I was asking like, how much blood do you draw at once yeah. you know, for to have a complete feeding? You know, it's not much. I I would say um, a shot glass. I don't I I don't need much. I know people who because of the way I connect because of what the blood does for me in forming a connection. I know people who require more blood, but the most I've ever legitimately observed or uh, had conversations with anybody about was it maybe at most a couple of ounces um, contrary to the movies, although none of it actually gets in their stomach. It's all down the front of their shirt and their face. I don't know if they actually drink. <laughs> right. <it>. right. <laughs> but, um, that's where the messy eater thing came in. You know, those guys, yeah. You know, it's a harmful stereotype. It's so important to get this blood, but let's not get any in your mouth. Right. <laughs> so the um, you can't drink a, a glass of blood. You'll vomit. You yeah. can potentially build up a tolerance to that level, but I don't know anybody who's like, sure, drink it. get a pint, man. No, that's not happening. <laughs> right. Anybody who says it, it's you a lie. Making, you are making me wonder, though, how many people do you think are into vampirism and they don't realize it, and they think they're into BDSM and vice versa. Lots. Uh, there's oh no, there are lots. And, and the, the thing is, there's blood fetishism, which is, I mean, it's hot and it's sexy. I'm not gonna lie. I, I've been part of it, and there's it's kind of it is a turn on. Um, but then there's also people in that lifestyle who maybe never fully had an awakening. So there's two aspects to an awakening when you realize what you are. Um, one is all of a sudden some things are different and some cravings happen and some, some stuff that makes no sense. And mm. that's, that's your first awakening. I would, I have always said that you're, cause my awakening was along those lines, but I'm, I was living on a military base and overseas and we had, they, we didn't really have the internet. So I had base, the base library to look up what I it was like, this kind of, I think this sounds like vampirism, but I'm, I go out in the sunlight on the beach and go surfing. So that's impossible. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And these books say something different. And it's not like there's anybody on a base, which is like a small town with a t with tanks and battleships. There, it's in, in fighter yeah. planes flying over it. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's not like you can go asking people. So sure. my awakening happened for me. And, and, and I didn't, I, I, something was different, but I didn't understand what it was. I didn't make the connection. So your second awakening comes when somebody makes that connection or helps you make that connection. And you realize what it means, what you are. Um, Alicia's awakening was much earlier in life, but her official awakening was when, because I thought she knew what she was. I thought she knew what she was the whole time. And, and she didn't. She was 22 years old when, um, when she and I first came into contact. And, uh, and I just uh, assumed she knew. I, I just, I, I knew what she was. And then, uh, I made mention of it to her and she, it was like, a, you could almost see the light bulb pop up over her head when she was like, Oh my God, it makes so much sense. And all of a sudden everything snapped into place for her. So that's like your second awakening. Um, so there are a lot of blood fetishists and BD, uh, people in a BDSM and that are attracted to that, uh, you know, the, the sexual energy or the energy being given or the blood or whatever their aspect of feeding is. And they don't realize that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And you may hear some of those people, like some of you ladies, I have sex with a man. And I knock him out for like 18 hours. Right. Mm -hmm. Hey, you're, may not realize you're sucking them dry literally and figuratively <laughs> you know it may be the case that you're oops and overfeeding because you don't know what you are so you don't know how to control it huh, maybe that's what my problem is i knocked the guys right out <laughs> <laughs> either you're a vampire or you're really good right one of the two are there just or both. you could be both you could be both that's allowed as well do you and alicia feed from each other Sometimes. And the, the reason that works is uh, she's able to suck in because uh, uh, she's a tantric feeder. She's able to suck in uh, to bar use an entirely wrong phrase for that. She's able to feed much more easily <laughs> than I am. Um, she she goes out to the club and I mean, oh, it's fun watching her hunt. She looks for the douche bro that's like, hey, babe, what's up? What's up? Come on, babe. Come on. Can I have your number? Come on, babe. Come on. They, you know, the kind <laughs> that most girls want to stay away from. She goes after that guy. And you'll watch this high energy douche bro suddenly wilt, but he's being and paying her so many compliments. She's like, "Oh, thank you." She's flirting and da da da. And the next thing you know, the guy's like, "All right, I'm gonna go home." 
I, I it's <laughs> hilarious to watch. But then there's also when she goes and dances, and it's in, inevitable. And on the dance floor at numbers, there will be a circle of space that will form around her and people watching her dance while they're dancing. And they're feeding her that way. She's feeding on that ambience. And, and, and then, yeah, so she gets, she gets fed. And then sex, of course. That's her favorite way. That's steak for her. <laughs> uh, so she, she'll usually be running on a high surplus. And then I, I love feeding from her. She's actually my preferred meal. Um, or sorry, babe, she's my preferred, she's my love. And that meal, she, you're more than just a snack cake to me, babe, I swear. She's on other people together at the same time, like, you know, like a room full of people. And I don't mean in a public environment, I mean like in a private environment. Uh, for me, feeding is very private, uh, mostly because it's the best way to keep the, keep it clean and safe and hygienic. <clears throat> no, I'm not saying I'm not confirming or denying again that we have or have not been to a few um, fun parties. Okay, gotcha. Where, where there may have been some, uh, <laughs> there may have been some, uh, some, some feeding of another type going on. But uh, no, for me, <clears throat> when I feed, it's 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 private in a controlled environment, so I can control <clears throat> any potential um, health risks or infection. Right. Gotcha. What what is the spiritual component to this? Any religious affiliations? Um, actually, surprisingly, in our in numbers, we've got everything from Christians to Satanists to pagans to to uh, Assyrians to and everything in between. I mean, I, we've had we uh, Buddhists. We have a uh, there's a Buddhist um, uh, who's a member of the HVC. Um, although you can be a Buddhist in anything. Yeah, I mean, Buddhism isn't exclusive. It's just a, it's a philosophy, not, and not a religion. Right. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's all kinds. Uh, we have a, a, a very devout Catholic ex nun is part of the HVC. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh yeah. No, she, I, I won't say her name out loud, but, uh, everybody just mentioning this people who know her will know who this is. She's literally a Gothic Lolita school teacher, actual ex nun. Who's also a witch and a vampire. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I didn't know you can mix the two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Vampirism isn't ex uh, exclusive to anything else. Alicia is a hereditary witch. Her her family has um, witchcrafted throughout. Their, they can trace it back a long way. Um, yeah, no, it's not exclusive. Now, what I... There are some people who say they are. Uh, I'm not saying that they're not, but the whole, you know, vampire-werewolf hybrid, I feel like is is a little... Hollywood, but it's entirely possible it's, it, it, for those people that's the case. I have not personally met anybody who actually can, was both aspects, but you know, witches and witches and vampires, witches and, and other kind of things. I've seen, I've seen very frequently. Yeah, that's now not uncommon my, at all. My curiosity, Pete. Now you see, I love the werewolves. Tell me what what right. would draw that to them. Uh, to well, you're in touch with an animal side of your, of, your, uh, of some sort, uh, and it's not always just the wolves. I mean, they're uh, although wear unicorns should not be a thing. I'm sorry for anybody listening who thinks they're a wear unicorn. Uh, but uh, there, you're there's an animal spirit that you're connected to, and I, I don't want to speak too much on on Therians because I am not one. I, I know a lot of them. I'm actually good friends with uh, the major pack that's here in Houston. But um, even though we you, had one, oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's a it's and it's a good size pack, um, but they they so they are the animal and they are man. Okay. Uh, so let's say we'll use werewolf because it's most uh, commonly known. Um, you're very in touch with the wolf spirit and your wolf side. You you th you think in a lot of ways and you try you live your life in a lot of ways the way a wolf does, and they have their own uh, rites or rituals or however you want to put it and practices that they do um, that are exclusive to them. And it's one of the, I I've been tentatively invited to to participate, um, and unfortunately they're much more physical uh, in the things that they do when they're celebrating that aspect of themselves than I'm necessarily capable of right now uh -huh. i mean i can move around and do everything just fine again you would know it to watch me walk around but i am not running anywhere yeah. <laughs> i'm walking quickly or hobbling slightly faster that's about it <laughs> i can move quickly on the first step and that's about it that's all i got right now um I, you know I'm, I'm not able to i would i'd be left way 
in a zombie apocalypse, you want me on your team because I'm going to be the guy last. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're going to be the bait. <laughs> yep, at least for a couple more months. At least for a couple. I mean, I should, I'm getting better every day, but no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to keep up with those guys going out and doing the kind of things that they're doing. But um, they're just very in tune with nature too. They're much more they as a people as a as a uh, I don't know, species. I guess we could say as a species of other kin or or nightside. They're very in tune with nature to a higher degree than even witches and pagans would be, uh, because they're of nature. They are they're animal. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I usually end up asking. It seems like I I ask all of our guests. Um, about being polyamorous because a lot of the alternative lifestyles kind of overlap like BDS. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so are you all polyamorous or are you monogamous? We are polyamorous. Yes, but we're pretty picky. Okay. Um, and, yeah. Do, y- do y'all live in a clan or anything? Is Would clan be the right word? You mean like in a, in, in a household in like polyamorous style or no? Okay. okay. Um, I mean, the polycules are all unique uh some polycules uh, end up in, uh, you know with uh, all of the different people in the relationship together some people have it you know, separate um some polycules will have somebody who is maybe monogamous themselves but they are uh, they're okay with their partner being poly right. so that, yeah so there's actually a lot of them that are along those lines where uh let's say this woman is only dating this one man but they know that that man is also dating other women or other men as well right Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's not unheard of to hear of exclusivity in, in a poly environment. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like um, anyone who's into the vampire world kind of needs to embrace that lifestyle? Um, th- no, only if it, only if it fits them. There's You don't have to embrace any specific lifestyle other than maybe being a little bit more accepting. Um, everything should be what's right for you. If and if feeding like from as far as donors go it's not necessary to be in a relationship although that does seem to happen with some frequency mm-hmm. um, but it's not it's not mandatory or it's not expected uh, although a a donor uh, or, or donors and the their vampires they tend to develop a really close bond because there's a high level of intimacy and sharing going on there mm-hmm. which oftentimes will lead to and you there in at least in how we expect things to be there's also a high level of respect so when you got respect and intimacy what's the next logical step you know you end up kind of dating because this this person respects me and they're intimate with me i mean do you want to meet my parents next right yeah (laughs) that makes sense Mm -hmm. okay michael i'm kind of wondering um you know this is something that you could you could you could do and nobody would even know about it it, is it important for you to to um, to coexist with other people and to to let everybody know what's going on? The documentary um, to be out and to and to to share this information with people is that important to you and why? Yeah, it's very important to me because there are a lot of misconceptions and there's a lot of stigma attached to. Well, a lot of alternative groups anyways. Uh, and so right. I'm in a position to to speak on behalf of at least, you know, my kind in, in, in the Houston environment. But it, we can clear up a lot of a lot of misconceptions. Actually, there's a, a great meme going around that's a, that kind of says that. It's like, uh, hi, we'd like to speak to you. Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, Dracula? Wait, wait, no, wait, Dracula? And then it, well, yes. You know, it's like, but you guys are out in the sunlight. Yeah, there's a lot of harmful stereotypes about our kind. Would you let us in so we can talk about it? Nice. You have to be invited in, right? So there's there's just so many stories about that. And and I remember back in the, even in the 90s and early 2000s, I mean, while vampirism and, and vampire movies are getting super, super popular at the time, um, you said you were a vampire and your kids got taken away if you have kids. You mm. lose your job. You, you know, stuff like that. Now, obviously, we don't, it's not like, those things where we should be a protected class or anything like no there's nothing like that but if it's one of those things that people can be like oh it's something you do outside of work okay cool you know it needs right. to be cleared up it needs to not be an issue for those people it needs to not be a you know it needs to not have that stigma because vampires are people 
I mean, you know, Therians are people. Witches are people. They they go to work. They they turn the lights on when they come home. They turn them off and they go to sleep. They they get up and shower. They get back and go to work. They pay their bills. All the same stuff. It was just like everybody else. Right. There's a little different. Other, well, there's nothing different about their typical day to day. There's just some extra things that go along with it. Um, and if people knew that, maybe they wouldn't be so, you know, oh, uh, you'd look at those weirdos. Maybe you know, maybe right. they. Right. People could be comfortable being who they were, or people maybe who were afraid to um, to explore that weird that, that you know those weird cravings or feelings or things going on that happened for the first awakening. Maybe they'd be more open to discovering it for their second awakening, and they'd be a little safer around other people. Because I will admit, I become a grumpy vamp if I go too long without getting some kind of energy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be something that benefits people who I, don't realize that's what they are. Yeah, I mean, I think that Dicey and I feel understand what you're saying because we both are the same. We need a muse. We need something to feed mm-hmm. us in order for us to do what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that inspiration, I bet you get moody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm totally. I'm totally. Uh, if, if I can claim any kind of vampirism, it's totally the tantric. Let me tell you. That's yeah, hey. Does. <laughs> it's entirely possible. A lot said there's so many people out there that just don't know. Uh, there are so many people out there who they just don't know that that's what they are. And imagine if, like, and I hate to make this analogy because it is nowhere near the level. But imagine not knowing you're gay and being confused about it your whole life. Mm-hmm. Right. Imagine not knowing you're trans and being confused about it your whole life. Imagine if the world didn't make have stigma attached to that and you could have known a long time ago and it would have been and it was normalized so that you could be who and what you're supposed to be at an early age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well, heck, I mean, if, if people could embrace this, um, this calling, if you will, instead of thinking that they are uh, what are some of the popular bipolar or whatever are like schizophrenic and then they go out and start murdering people like there's so many right. you know there's so many things that that it could have not to say that there aren't real you know looney boom looney tunes up there oh, okay. <laughs> there, there, no matter how no matter no matter how confused you are by the by the an awakening you have or have not had if you go out murdering people you're loony <laughs> like there's there's no ifs ands or buts about it it's like well if i was a vampire maybe i wouldn't kill people no you're a loony this yeah. is true but i will say michael some people need killing <laughs> you know I, I you know I, I i there are there are a good number of of people on in of who commit certain types of crimes that i would not i don't think the world would miss them that much we uh, would miss them. i agree yeah, yeah there you know you, if you yeah, there's certain things that I just set me off right away. I'm like, uh, you child molester, cool, death. Right. <laughs> I think cool. a lot of people, including most of the population in prison, agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of those things where it's like you're a rabid animal. You're a dangerous society, and what do we do? Like, we can't cure rabies, so what do we do with rabid, rabid animals? They get put mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. You're not a person because you can't. Uh, uh, humans are able to have a society and and follow a set of rules. If you can't do that, you're a dangerous society because uh, as a rabid animal, you're, so you get treated like a rabid animal. Or hell, yeah. maybe we should experiment with the makeup and stuff on them instead of monkeys. Like, why do we need to put monkey uh, uh, mascara on a monkey's butt? Why can't we just do it to a, uh, somebody who's like a rapist or a child molester or a murderer? They're gonna, we're putting yeah. them down anyways. <laughs> that sounds so horrible to say. That sounds so horrible to say, but it's just, you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, I they could have some kind of service to society somehow, seeing as how they took away somebody else or somebody else's ability to have a service to society. Correct. They took that from they took from society somebody who had a benefit who could have been a benefit. Sure. So let's let's give them some way to benefit society in some way, shape, or form, other than three squares and a cot or a cot and three squares. There you go. That's so horrible to say. That's horrible. Oh, but it, but it, it's here. Yeah. Can you tell us about HBC, about the Houston Vampire uh, Count? Is that court? Court, court, Court. yeah, sorry. The Houston Vampire Court, you know, you all do more than just meet. Um, You do charity work and stuff like that. What exactly, what is the court like? What is it about? So uh, the court is, uh, as far as uh, our biggest focus is education and outreach and charity. 
Uh, those are our, our most important things. Um, we are very active from a charitable standpoint because I, I think innately anything, anybody that takes from, uh, from somebody wants to give back something as well. And we're, uh, you know, we're, we're a community of people who have had to deal with, you know, judgment and stuff like that. So we have that kindness in our hearts because we don't want to say other people have to go through it or have to suffer. So right. we channeled that into uh, the charity aspect because there's a lot of good you can do with that many people too. If you've got, if you can mobilize 50 people to do a thing, you can get a lot accomplished. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so from the get go, uh, you know, I said, look, I will, you know, when people were first saying, Hey, look, you know, we want somebody to step up. We want you to be it. Um, from the get-go, I said, if I'm going to do this, is our, our big focus is we're, anything we do is going to be geared around how can we make our community better? Because you're asking me to help make the community better. Well, it's about how can we make the community better? And people right. jumped on board with that. Like, God, after um, our very first thing we did, and I was so proud of everybody because it was within a month of actually forming, um, Hurricane Harvey hit. Mm-hmm. So, obviously the city got destroyed um, and right. they were focusing on all the other areas that need to be focused on, but some of those really critical spots, especially for people who lost their homes or couldn't stay in their home all day or kids who were, you know, didn't have power. It's like, Hey, why don't we go out and clean up the family areas, the parks, the bike trails, the, you know, clean those up so that those families, they can get out there. Cause it's the last thing on the city's list. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we worked with the city to get dumpsters out there. We got, Organized. It was over 40 people uh, every weekend for three weekends on Saturdays and Sundays. And we'd be out there for typically six to eight hours and sponsors donating uh, equipment to clean. Um, We had um, Starbucks supplying tea uh, and coffee, you know, and some other stuff. And we were able to get help clean up a bunch of the parks through a lot of, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of uh, effort and dedication. And people were so happy to be part of that. that They're like, what's the next thing we're doing? Well, Thanksgiving was rolling around. So it's like, why don't we donate time, anybody who can, and we were able to put over 40 people again to uh, family uh, crisis centers and homeless shelters to help serve food and, you know, cook the food there and or bring food to the places. And then a large number of people actually opened their homes up to any community members who maybe didn't have direct family and weren't going to have a, a Thanksgiving dinner. And, you know, said, hey, come sit with us, come eat with us. And we were able to do that. And then... What's the next thing we're going to do? And so that Christmas, I mean, this is three months in. That Christmas, um, we organized to uh, and, and adopted uh, 10 children from uh, a center called the CAC that helps um, survivors of sexual assault and their families to, to move, past, uh, you know, to, to heal. And we played Secret Santa and we said, give us their wish list. It doesn't matter what's on it. It, you know, because everybody does toy drives and, you know, and typically they get stuff from Family Dollar, you know, or Walmart, some inexpensive, easy stuff. And it, we were like, no, let's find out what these kids want, because we want to give that magic back to them. And that sense that there are good people out there again, because that's been taken from them. Mm-hmm. And we filled every single item on those kids wish list. And it was things like. I think that the, uh, one was a Nintendo 3DS XL. One wanted like a, a Barbie dream house or not Barbie, but like a dollhouse. Um, there was a, a really cool makeup kit that one wanted. There was like, you know, coloring books, novels, uh, like all kinds of things. And it helped. And we were able to get everything and get that to, to them. And obviously we, we couldn't have direct interaction with those kids, but uh, we got feedback from the counselors and they were like, you do not know how much good this just did for those children. Wow. Mm. That's so we've done that. Actually, we've done the um, November and December thing um, going on three years in a row now. Very yeah. uh, we've spearheaded uh, initiatives. We actually, Alicia put up a, a project where we paid off the school lunch debt of, um, I think it was like over 150 kids at last count. Mm-hmm. And everything we do is structured in such a way that we don't have to be a 501c3. We don't have to have a staff. We don't have to have an accountant because no money ever comes directly through our hands mm-hmm. it directly to the, uh, to the uh, charity organization that we're working for or that we're doing something for uh, that way. There's no risk of any threats of impropriety, right. uh, any accusations of impropriety. It's the money all goes directly to them. So it's a hundred percent of, if, let's say we can raise a thousand dollars. Well, if we could spend five hundred dollars to raise that five thousand dollars, then we only got five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. If we can just have it all go to those people directly, that's a thousand dollars in their hands. And we've 
done things for smaller organizations. We've done things for smaller uh, centers. We've done things like raise, you know, get, let's get some food in somebody's fridge or pay some light bills or, you know, move people out of bad situations into a better area or a better situation. That one's unfortunately way more than I, than I wish had ha- has had to happen. But we've done a lot of things like that. And all, because all of those funds can go directly to that, to that cause, it's able to be the most effective. And c- crazy enough, vampires like doing it. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. you guys have a charity you're doing for the upcoming ball too, correct? Yes. Um, and that one is, well, I have on my laptop all the information there. You're a, a small organization. I know it was here in Houston, correct? Yes, it was to help um, people who, there we go. It was to help, it's called Rescue Houston, and their mission is to help people who are victims of human trafficking, to help get them out of that situation. They provide avenues and, and uh, contact resources for those people uh, to be able to get a hold of, and, uh, and, and extraction, and then rehabilitation and help uh, through some of the damage that is caused from that. So this year's Houston Vampire Ball, uh, the HVC's portion of all proceeds, um, 10% will go directly to that. Uh, and we was actually put to the vote at the um, at the meetup uh, this past uh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Now, normally, like with something like that, so the balls, the ball is the only thing we do technically for a profit. But I should state that the, the profit is to recoup any investment and then uh, set aside money for the next year because you always got to do something the bigger, you know, bigger next year. Mm-hmm. So, of course, uh, you know, you pay all the all the overhead, and these things are not cheap. You pay all the overhead, um, recompense, um, any monies that were spent to make it happen, and then um, set a, set the rest aside for next year. Mm, yeah. Very good. Um, regarding literature and mm-hmm. the fiction of vampirism in literature, which ones do you enjoy? You know how, like, if you're a lawyer... I like the silly ones. I'm not, I like the really out there ones. Like... Um, I, I mean, who doesn't like Anne Rice? I, well, okay. I like Anne Rice's initial stuff. She kind of got really out there. But, like, the first three books in the, the Vampire Lestat series were really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked True Blood. was freaking awesome. I'm like, so gay. So gay. <laughs> Did you read the books? The, the Sticky Sash? I, know, I, I tried to, but they were so different from the show, which was my first exposure to it. It was like, oh, that's okay. not that happened. Also, I'm like, where's Lafayette? Where He's not even a real character in the book. <laughs> he wasn't. I know. I'm like, he's awesome. Where is he? And then she's like in the in the series, she's, you know, with the people she's with in the book. She's like she's starts, uh, I guess, having a orgies with like were leopards and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> uh, they they just kind of devolved very quickly into who she's going to bang next. Uh, and it stopped being about what, you know, what I what I really enjoyed about it. But I like True Blood, the series. I liked um i like the in rice stuff i liked uh obviously dracula uh bram stoker's novel is more about the horror and the horrific nature of of a person discovering that these kind of things exist and that's that's really exciting you know interesting exciting there's a book that uh i can't remember who the author is but uh, a book that a guy wrote and that i read when i was younger and it was before i knew what you know before i had my oh hey here's what you are moment um, it's called Live Girls, and it sounds so silly, but it's the book itself is phenomenally good. Um, so I, I like the stuff where, you know, it's it's you know, the fanciful, uh, the the supernatural, the the crazy, exciting aspects of it because that's more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, Alicia loves uh, the vampire romance novels like crazy. Uh, what, uh, Christine Fee. Feehan, Christine Feehan, she's gaga for those. Uh, she has every yes. single one downloaded yes. on her. She, tell her she wants something That's really up. crazy. She needs to read some Dicey Grinner. Uh-huh. Read some Dicey Grinner if you want something uh, vampire, you know, real nice in there. Thanks for that plug, Chantel. Oh, yes. yeah. Very, very racy. Very racy oh, vampire. Yes. Uh, like, the door is wide open on sex and like everybody can see it. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, well, uh, I mean, she, she's into that hard. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just that, you know, where the, the little bit more over the top supernatural, uh, stuff is, it's more fun cause it's less, I want something that's not real world, uh-huh. you know, I do, I can, it, I, I want something that's nothing like the real world because I can, I live in a real world. Right. Right. <laughs> 
Also, I wish I could do that thing. Maybe if I read about it, I can remember or figure out how to do it. Okay, so I got to be able to. I want to be able to fly and turn into a bat. Okay, cool. How do I do that? <laughs> okay, this guy, this putz in this book figured it out. So I'm sure I can. Unfortunately, I, I, I have a big bat coat that just has like these giant wings. <laughs> That's the See, I'm never gonna get. You know, but I don't. It's, it, we all have this sensation, and now I am not crazy. I'm not about to go jump off a building. But I have this feeling like if I could just remember how I could fly. You ever have that feeling? Oh, I, I do have that feeling. Yeah. If I could just remember how, how, I, how to do it, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Douglas Adams said that the trick to flying is when you fall or trip, you just have to miss the ground. <laughs> that doesn't work for me. I just bang my nose. But, <laughs> shit. but if i could remember how if i could somehow just just miss the ground cool it'd be awesome so i'd love to be able to do that stuff sadly it's not you know we, thankfully the super the healing factor is, is a thing and it I think it's gravity's fault i blame gravity yes gravity is a dick, gravity <laughs> is a big damn dick. trust me if you were a female you'd really feel that way yeah yeah you know, yeah 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 no i'm gonna blame gravity for hair loss that's what i'm gonna blame it for because the hair is all gravity is pulling it from the top of my head to my back. <laughs> That's it's gravity's fault. But no, yeah, if if I, 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 I the superpowers would be awesome. Uh, other than the, just the healing factor, I mean, I, you know, I see very well at night. I'm pretty, I'm stronger than most people would sometimes expect. Uh, maybe a little quicker. Um, you know, I, I've always been very athletic, and, and and a lot of people attribute that to possibly that as well. But uh, I did blatantly supernatural stuff. That's what I want. That's what I want. I'd be really happy with that. I'd be like, cool. Even if I had to feed more often, I'd be okay with that. Uh, I just feel like there's just not enough time for this one, Dicey. <laughs> All right. We're already over an hour. It's oh, no. so great, though. Oh, my God. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's been great having you. Um, tell people where they can find information out about you guys. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, just look up the Houston Vampire Court uh, HVC, and it'll pull us up. If it's any other order than that, there's a a, a bad person that's uh, trying to capitalize on the name and steer people a little wrong. But it should be Houston Vampire Court. Yeah, um, and you are on our Facebook page, page, guys. So you can actually reach Michael through our own page, the mm-hmm. our podcast. Page. Just look me up, uh, Michael Cage, M-I-K-A-E-L-K-A-G-E. Uh, you can also uh, look up the event, which even though we just launched it, uh, what, a couple of days ago, has 512 currently uh, wanting to go, and ticket sales are started going well. Um, early bird pricing is going on. I'll throw in a plug. Cheap plug. Early bird pricing is going on, so take advantage of that through the 29th. Uh, they are really steep discounts um, for Royal VIB and two-day passes. Uh, but just look up the Houston Vampire Ball 2020. and call. And, we uh, need to get on it. Oh, yeah. You know, you really need to. Um, but uh, look that up. You'll be able to find out stuff like that. Now, on the page, it's our Houston Vampire Court page. Uh, we post a lot of memes, and we'll post up stuff here and there. We try to keep it light. And we avoid all political conversation because you see it everywhere. But um, you're also able to just reach out to me and, and or to the court page in general. And um, we'll be able to answer anything that you're, you'd like to ask. Sounds great. I'm excited, Dicey. We got to go. Uh-huh. You do? do y'all have media passes? Do. Media and press passes? <laughs> we may be yeah. able to work something out. We may be able to work something out, I'm sure. We can run around and interview everyone. I have natural things, so it's cool. Hey, there we go. See, my mom filed mine down when I was younger, so that's part of the happiness for me. One of these days, I'll have them permanently installed. And Dicey has, like, giant breasts, and so everybody loves having her at a party. There's nothing wrong with big boobies. No, there is nothing wrong with mellifluous mounds of mammaria. I will never, ever turn my face away. I have to go find my my fangs. I had some custom-made by... uh, uh, a fang smith out of new orleans um, maven lore yeah maven yeah he's a good friend of mine he's uh he's actually the the king of new orleans no. king of the oh, new orleans vampire court yes he is king of the new orleans vampire court um there are other organizations in new orleans uh, also as well uh and he's actually gonna be our featured fang smith both nights at the vampire do you know uh logan south also 
he was the first guy. So within hours of me getting run over, he had canceled TV appearances, interviews, everything. I didn't notice at the time. He didn't even tell me. And he was in my hospital room, I think six or eight hours after I got hit to make oh, wow. sure I was okay. Um, yeah, I know he's, he's, he can be a polarizing figure, but I know him as a really good friend. And uh, I'll tell you somebody who, somebody who drops media stuff, my, drops big stuff to ma- go be by at, at bedside at a friend in the, uh, of theirs in the hospital. That's, yeah. And that's the kind of thing family does. So yeah, oh, that's bad. yeah, that's nice. yeah Logan and Daly are, are family does. Yeah, uh, I I think he stopped doing things. Uh, though, he does them intermittently. He'll he'll say I'm doing a limited set for a limited amount of time, uh, and um, because there's so many things on his plate that it was just difficult for him to keep up with all the appointments and people want to set. So he'll do bursts, and if you just watch his page, he'll put it up from time to time. Hey, I'm doing ten. Uh, I've got ten appointments. I'm I'm booking. Excuse me, book yours now. Uh, and when those ten appointments are gone, I'm not doing any extra. So don't ask. So he'll do limited runs, but um, Maven's always available, uh, and his stuff is amazing. Um, Alicia will be wearing his fangs this year at the Vampire Ball. Uh, Logan, uh, next time he comes into town, I'm with because uh, he comes to visit. We go visit there. Uh, I'll be like, "Yo, bring your bring your kit because we need to get a kit for, uh, for Alicia from him." Uh, Mia Black is another one locally who's also really really talented. Um, she's not as well known, but, uh, she's got some, she's got some really good work out there as well. Terrific. Very good. Very good. Anyone listening, go check those people out. If you want to get some fangs. Um, Oh yeah. And Michael, we encourage you anytime you want to, uh, post about the event on our page, feel free to, or anything you'd like. Oh, thank you. I'll probably limit it to maybe once every week or two. That way it's not overriding anything else. Or if there's an announcements and stuff going, we're going to start the, uh, performer announcements uh, coming up uh, here very very soon. Uh, we we all like to do that once a once a week um, to uh, showcase the performers, draw attention to them, make sure that they get out, you know a lot of exposure from this as well because. We like to celebrate the Houston community and the amazing artists that we have. And yeah, they're performing at our ball and yeah, that's, that, you know, that's cool and all, but we want people who maybe don't get a chance to go, but they see that these people are there and they see some you know, information about them and pictures about them. Maybe they may book them uh, for their event or they may go to see them at the next thing that they do if they can't make it to the ball. So we'll start posting about a lot of those. I think uh, starting first or second week of March is when that all begins. Very cool. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Michael. It's my pleasure. And uh, we wish you the very best in your tenure as the king of the HBC. Thank you. And enjoy that sound uh, audio clip that, you, that you're going to oh, put I out. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that one. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Tally ho. All right. Tally ho. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex and Horror. Make sure you subscribe and join our Facebook group. If you'd like to be a guest, let us know. If you have a topic to suggest, a movie, TV show, book, song to be featured, let us know. You can follow me at ChantelRenee.com. And I'm at Dicey Grinner all over social media. You can find me on my website, DiceyGrinnerBooks.com. See See you you next week for Sex and Horror. Horror.